Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shane Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Attack. I'm your host, Trevor, and I uh, I have nothing nerdy to say today. Uh, I'm Jay, and I'm, I'm going to go... So, I've been playing the, the Sylve League in Eternal, and yes. uh, just not been doing very great in it. I'm going to blame my cards, <laughs> <laughs> as is tradition in Sylve Leagues. Like you do, absolutely. Yeah, but I will, in my defense, like... I'll be playing these games, and these people will have, like, these bomb rare drops on me, and I'd be like, wow, that would be really cool to have a <laughs> card stack. A good. bomb rare drop? Yeah, like, all all my best cards are, like, commons. But <laughs> Is In this sealed league, do you get extra packs as you go through the weeks, or...? Yeah, each week you... It, it goes for a month, or for four weeks, whatever, uh, and uh, each week you have two packs. Uh, yeah, and, see, that's what they're finally... progressively getting better, <laughs> and I'm yeah, not. <laughs> that's what that's what cleared me of playing Magic sealed leagues was. I remember I we were playing a sealed league, and it was like week two or week three, and one of my opponents basically had a play set of a rare. <laughs> I'm like, this is this is sealed. Like, how did you get so many of those cards? <laughs> but it has been quite a bit of fun. Um, so. I I will say that the it's been well worth the uh, time investment, etc. So. And I'm Josh, and for my nerdy confession, I'm going to let you know that I have somehow allowed my nerdy optimism to return to the point where I have prepared. We are leaving for a family reunion for my wife's side of the family this weekend, and I have prepared a party-sized board of wits and wagers to do a trivia game with my in-laws. Is, are, so I have to I'm know, accepting you... predictions now about how it will go. Okay, so I have to ask, is it going to be like my life where I'll go through that effort and then no one will even participate? No one will play. It'll never even happen. It never gets to the table. So or, or are I you pretty much guaranteed it's going to get because, part of that? Because like part of their reunion that for the past few years – and it's like sanctioned by my mother-in-law, which, you know, it's like sanctioned by grandma. So so it's actually like there are people who will like hop to make it happen. Right. Because if yeah. grandma, if grandma ain't happy, ain't nobody happy kind of thing. Right. Uh, so, yeah. So my answer to your question is, yes, I believe it will happen. But but I don't think it will happen in the way that I have put it together. <laughs> I think that my, my honest prediction is we're going to get it through. I'm going to try to give the instructions to Wits and Wagers, which, you know what, let me just practice right here. Here's the instructions to Wits and Wagers. I'm going to ask a question. You're going to write down your your answer. We're going to sort all the answers by from highest to lowest. Then you're going to bet on an answer. Okay, I'm done with instructions. Now, are you guys on board still? You, you two are on board still. Okay? I, I think I can follow those instructions. Yeah, I, I but I, I can see how um, about six of the people out of the – uh, you know, 30 or whatever will be already be lost. And yeah. then another dozen will have been like, can you explain that again? Because I mean, I admit a normal trivia game only has two instructions, right? I'm going <laughs> to ask a question. You're going to answer the question. I have like doubled the difficulty. So I am a fool, <laughs> but I thought it would be fun. What's wrong with me? I don't know. Yeah, I'm already talking myself out of it again. The good news is, uh, I was not foolish enough to only prepare that. I've also prepared a list of just boring standard trivia questions. So I have to admit that after our discussion with, um, um, man, I'm old. 
I just with my mind Tom went completely. Are you talking about Tom? No, no, no. Uh, with um, the most recent one, Chris. Casey. Chris? Casey. Casey. Right. Sorry. Okay. With Casey. Uh, after our conversation with Casey, I don't know why, but I was looking at Kickstarter, which is bad. For <sighs> and there is he. He was he briefly talked about a game called Rallyman GT. There is a uh, follow-up game to it called Rallyman Dirt that is currently on Kickstarter. So uh, <sighs> my my self-imposed exile from Kickstarter has failed. It's I over. Am, and I re- let's, <laughs> I, I feel like I really need to hold an intervention for both of you two. <laughs> like, what's going on here? <laughs> you both backed Kickstarters recently. <laughs> WTF. Uh, I mean, I, gosh, you know, the truth is, is I'm, I'm pretty much lying to myself because I tell myself that I don't actually go to Kickstarter and I don't back things, but if I actually go look at my Kickstarter history, (laughs) it's actually fairly obvious that I, I was good during last year. I only, I only backed one item all last year. I think that's the best part is that the technology itself will betray you and just go like, Oh, that's amazing. But when Return to Dark Tower was was my return to Kickstarter, when that came up, I'm like, okay, I must back back this. And then Frost Haven came along, and then and and now I'm almost I'm not back to full pace by any means, but certainly I've um I spent more time on Kickstarter than I should over the last year. Yeah, the danger for me is that so the one I backed yesterday, it's a local friend. Uh, and so it was kind of a loyalty backing, right? Okay. You have my forgiveness this time. Okay. <laughs> and, and then the other thing is that, but the problem is that then I like kind of, you know, the algorithm's like, Hey, well, maybe you should look at these. And I'm like, Oh yeah, maybe I should look at those. <laughs> and, and then I click the remind me button. So in like two to three weeks, those reminders are going to come back. And it's, it's a total crapshoot at this point, what my willpower looks like at that point. Yeah, I have the same problem. I get these emails, and it's like, "Hey, would you like to back this? It's got 48 hours to go." And I'm like, "Whoa, I completely, I completely forgot that I clicked that." Yeah. One. So, so I probably should put like $400 in escrow so that I can't touch it for a month, and maybe that'll save me. I will mention that one of the Kickstarters I backed last year is about to arrive. It's called Rome and Roll. It is a roll and write game uh, based on. Is it like a Rome city builder? Yes. Oh, exciting. Yes. Well, see, I add, that, you... add that to the list of things I'll never get around to. <laughs> All right. Well, um, check out discountgamelink.com. Check out Mies on Minis. Get awesome game items from there. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, support us on Patreon. Um, yeah, in yeah, fact, yeah. in this episode, we're going to... Uh, rehash a little bit of a topic that we did in a bonus episode, which was from last week. Uh, but if you are interested in this topic and want more of what we talk about today, there is a bonus episode available for you right here, right now. You can go get it. Yeah, so our last bonus episode, we did our top five dystopian stories and then realized that we had like an abundance of uh, dystopian stories to share and so, uh, or that we loved. And so we're going to talk about some of the ones that didn't make our top five lists. So, Josh. So I'm going to start out, and actually it's funny because a lot of my leftovers, I, I could have I could have accepted the challenge to do a top five video game category. So a lot of mine today are going to be video games. But the first one I want to bring up is, um, it's one I don't even know if I'm capable of playing anymore because I'm an old man. But it's Metro 2033. Which is actually based off of a, I believe, Polish novel. And I actually own the English translation and I've never gotten around to reading it, but I still want to. Uh, but the, the story of Metro 2333 is it's post, uh, post apocalyptic. I mean, it's like nuclear winter, right? And so it's on Earth and you are uh, one of the human survivors of civilization who has basically set up civilization. This is in, Ru- in Russia. Uh, you know, former USSR territory, essentially, uh, the civilization is basically in the subway tunnels, right? So, like, 
your village is one of the um, uh, subway stops and, you know, to get to another village that you currently trade with, you know, you've got to go several miles through tunnels and, and there's all kinds of, even amongst the tunnels, there's obviously, um, uh, you know, decay and, and things have broken down. And so you have this, you know, mis mishmash of, of existing technology or, you know, of, of existing technology that's still cobbled together and things that are cobbled together. So the game is a first person shooter, which is why I'm like, I don't know if I'm capable of playing it anymore. The truth is what I need to do is, is be more disciplined and just play it the only way that I probably am capable of playing first person shooters, which is to like turn the difficulty all the way down and essentially make it a YouTube video, right? Where my hand <laughs> is on the mouse. I mean, I just got to make peace with myself that that's where I am at in life. Right. Anyway, the story's amazing. It does some amazing things. Like there are moments in the story where you go to the surface and, um, you know, while you're on the surface, you've got it. You, you, you have to have a gas mask fully equipped. And th that is like some of the most terrifying, uh, video game feeling I think that you can ever have the way they done the gas mask. And you can like see your filter running out. And like if your filter runs out and you don't have a replacement, like, you know, your vision starts to cloud and you basically, you know, anyway, it's just super well done. And so, you know, some of the a lot of the villains or the or the enemies, I should say, that you deal with are are other humans. Right. Who just have uh, different agendas or whatever. But there are, you know, some nuclear mutants that come into the story. And uh, and, and it's it's a great story because it's like I feel like a lot of times we play video games and we almost have this requirement that it be um, this, um, you know, like world world saving, world spanning tale and it, that metro 2033 is not that you know or or if it is it's not until two sequels down the road you know like the story that i participated in is a self-contained tale you know there is there is terror there there is there is triumph there are some amazing moments and uh anyway i i think anybody would enjoy it it's it's an incredibly well done uh dystopian tale so it's interesting because when we talked about dystopia last time and, and you mentioned a video game and I started looking at my list and I realized that I didn't really have any video games on my list uh, at all, which seemed odd to me. So I started looking around at lists of video games and really I can't think besides I'm not even sure if it qualifies, but XCOM would be the only one I can think of. I would give you that in the alien invasion dystopia, you know, arena. Uh, well, probably more XCOM 2, I guess. But truthfully, I look at it and, and it doesn't feel like the, that's not really a central theme. Dystopia is not the central theme of, of XCOM. And and I'm looking at through just lists and lists of video games all based on on dystopian themes. And there's like none of them that I've played. Like There's very few fallout is one of the few that i've played and i hated it really like which fallout are we talking about well i never played the original fallout okay when we'll come fallout back to that because it's on my list again so okay but i i, I played fallout 3 was the first one that i played seriously which and was the first per which was a first person style right yes it was bethesda's first i believe it was yeah. bethesda's okay. first venture okay. into fallout fair enough and it was it was too open, too much going on. I just did every time I went back to it, I couldn't remember what I was doing, and it just didn't feel like there was enough central theme or plot going on. And I, I just, it was not my style of game, and I should have known that going in. The Morrowind series, um, those games I'd played before, and knew that Bethesda games were just not were not me. Like I knew that I just never could get into them. So yeah, I, video I game developers, please come up with an old man feature <laughs> that is the last time on this video game when you played it. You know the the recap. Like I can't remember what game does it. Oh, The Witcher Three actually does it pretty good. I'm like, uh, you know, you will sell me a hundred additional video games if they just have old man recap. And if you can turn that into a cool acronym, whatever. Yeah, old man I, recap is the future. Yeah, it was it, it was more than just not knowing what I did last time, but certainly there were many things about it that I was just it just didn't entice me to come back. Um, 
So I never really played through it. And I'm looking through this long, long list of games, and there's basically none of them that I played, and the few that I did I didn't really enjoy, which is interesting to me because we talked about how I have all these these things that I love that are dystopian, but why why have, why are video games not on that list? <laughs> You're a mystery, as always. Yeah. All right, so... Uh... One that was on my list that didn't make my top five, but that is um, a movie that I love quite a bit, uh, is Interstellar. Um, so yeah, that's a good dystopia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 honestly just a huge uh, fanboy for Christopher Nolan, so like should be. that I wouldn't like this are, are really low. There's there's a few things where you kind of have to suspend your disbelief with this movie, but you know whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's interesting. I, I, what do you like about Interstellar? Because I, I'm a huge Christopher Nolan fan as well, um, and I love his. But that is probably, uh, that's probably my least favorite movie. Um, so I really like the like the start of it where they're they're doing um, like just the image of the the part where they're like trying the to way in which form. the Earth is is yeah is ruined, is falling right? apart. It's like really well done. Yeah. Um, the. Do you feel like the suspend your disbelief parts, Jay, are like some of the stuff at the end? No. Um, it the the really one of the biggest ones is is that like they would send this old man out on a space mission. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. But I, I guess maybe I shouldn't be so ageist or something. I don't know. Um, it's also it feels like it's a movie that should maybe be about a half hour shorter than it is. Um, I think it's about two and a half hours, um, but I it's it is just a movie that I enjoy quite a bit. So did not make my top five though. So Josh, what's what's next on your list? Wait, did we skip Trevor? What was Trevor's first one? Because he's got the biggest bonus list. <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna I'm not I, obviously there's too much to go into here, but I'm going to talk about some of them that are just a little bit more obscure, I guess, because. Um, I think the people listening maybe might be interested in trying some of them. Uh, these are not like ultra obscure, so most people listening have probably at least heard of them or consumed them already. But for the few that maybe haven't, um, the first one I want to talk about is an anime called Attack on Titan. Mm. Um, certainly, uh, I think most people have at least heard of it. Maybe they haven't given it a shot. If you're looking on where to stream it, um, all the seasons are available on Hulu. Um, the first season and the first season alone is available on Netflix. Um, but at least in the United States, I, I can't speak for the world, but um, Attack on Titan is a world where um, the vast majority of the human population are deceased. And there is a small population that have retreated, at least that they know of, to a single city that is surrounded by three rings, uh, walls that are... Um, about a hundred meters high, and uh, there the rest of the world. The the reason the people are gone is because there's these large um, giants that range from about um, five meters, I think, is the smallest one, so 15 feet approximately, up to uh, the very the, the first scene, the very first episode. You run into the first um, 300 uh, foot tall or 100 meter tall titan that tries to break down the walls. Um, so that's how the, that's, I, that's not really a spoiler cause that's in episode one. Yeah. Uh, but, um, I won't, I won't go into much more spoilers, but basically it is not at all what I expected it to be from the title when I first jumped into it. Um, I had no idea what to expect. I actually, you know, to me, Titan is a moon of Jupiter or Saturn. I can't remember which, but anyway, it was not what it just, it, it sort of caught me off guard with what the, the whole subject matter was because no one told me more than I'd heard its name bantered about before. So For the I thing, the thing about it that hooked me is the combat style. Yeah. So the, um, the, the characters, the humans fight the giants by using um, three dimensional uh, flying gear basically has uh, wires that fling out grab onto things and and the people can move up and down using those sort of like a two-handed spider-man i guess using two yeah different. yeah okay um and then they the only way to kill a giant is by cutting it at the the bottom of its neck essentially right where it attaches to the back um and the giants look just like humans without 
um, sexual organs. They run around naked, but they, you don't see any really other than butts. Um, anyway, it, 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 the character dynamic and the way that they develop them. And, and one of the things that I guess I enjoy about it um, is that unlike the crap that is Game of Thrones, the heroes generally win and the bad people generally get what they're due, but there's still plenty of death. It's, it's Pyrrhic. The victories are so Pyrrhic. Right. Which is, I do like that part. I just, it's different than Game of Thrones in that you, you actually want to root for people. <laughs> um, so anyway, I, I, I think it's fantastic. I think it's really well done. If you don't like, um, if you don't like dubbed, then you can get it in, in, um, subbed. Uh, on Hulu, uh, you get to pick. They have both. So you get to pick which you would prefer, whether you'd prefer to listen to it in English or listen to it in Japanese and read it. In. I watched the pilot of the show, and, like, it just never clicked for me. Okay. So I mean, I, I so you watched... Well, I mean, the, the episodes are only 20 minutes long, um, and it will take some time for the the introduction to develop. I really... the 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 point at which the plot sort of picks up and begins moving doesn't really happen until so is this, episode two or three. Okay, so just be clear, this isn't like a Last Airbender where I have to watch six seasons before uh, it actually gets good. There's not six seasons of Airbender. Nice okay. try. If just you checking. don't like it by the third episode, <laughs> then it's just not for you, Jay. Yeah, it's not I, for you. I think that's fair. Yeah, I I, I would say that if it's not if. It, Truthfully, if it's not free, if you didn't enjoy the first episode, eh, I don't know if you should continue. But it, because they're short, I don't think it's really that big of a time investment to say, okay, well, we'll try two more episodes. We'll get to yeah. episode three. And I would, I would restart it. I, I don't actually remember too much about why I didn't like it that much, other than I remember thinking that their flying was kind of stupid. Maybe it's too grim even for you, Jay. Oh, no, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is definitely some gut-wrenching moments during the show that um, catch you off guard. Um, there's there's some things that, like, let me just say to everyone that's going to consume it, if you have a hard time about losing friends or characters that you like, maybe it's not the show for you. Um, there are people who definitely uh, die. <laughs> Uh, people maybe who you don't expect. And there's a lot of death in almost every episode. It does spend a lot of time introducing you to new characters um, just so you can see them for two or three episodes and then have them killed. Um, so if that's not your cup of tea, then <laughs> maybe it's not for you. Okay, Josh. Okay, so the next one on my list, uh, another video game I want to I wanna talk about. Uh, I haven't played it for several years now, I think. As a matter of fact, I should have looked up uh, when it came out, but it is, I, I couldn't, I couldn't finish it. And I actually don't know if you even can win it because it is like super grim again. Uh, it is a, it's a little indie game called papers, please. And in the game, you essentially play the, um, an employee of essentially a, a autocratic state, right? Uh, and, your job is to stamp people's papers as they come back across the border from like having worked. Yeah. You're, you're a border checkpoint um, employee. And so like the way you can lose is like, you know, you missed this, you missed the fact that the signature was clearly forged, you know? And so then bad things can happen to you because because you stamped the paper and like and and like you finish your job and you go home to your basically concrete block house you know and the art is all um i i guess i would call it like just eight bit i mean it's, it's very stylized eight bit you know and everything feels everything feels grim and heartless and unforgiving and so it paints an incredible dystopian picture which is why I it, it was on my list for consideration. And I kind of honestly want to play it again in case I start to feel joy in my life. I think it would it would help take that away. According to Steam, it released in 2013. Okay. And that's I probably played it about I probably played it then or, or very soon after. This is its tagline. This blows me away. Its tagline is a dystopian document thriller. <laughs> it might be 
It might be too grim for the world we currently live in, too, just for the record. <laughs> it's a, it, the, the first review, Papers, Please is a simple work simulator, considered by many people the best work simulator game of all time. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not sure that's <laughs> fair when Animal Crossing is something that is so beloved. But. And or Cultist yes, Simulator, mean, which is also basically a work simulator. Yeah, when we're talking about dystopian games, why are we not talking about that game? Yeah. About Animal Crossing or about Cultist Simulator? Yeah, because yeah, we yes, spent a whole episode Animal, on it, Animal and I Crossing. thought it was unfair. <laughs> I, I'm remotely interested in this game all of a sudden. I'd never even heard of it before. It's 10 bucks on Steam. I mean, the honest truth is the reason I played it, uh, a good friend of ours, uh, Dave, is the one who recommended it to me back in the day. So... <laughs> You know, take that for what what that might mean also. <laughs> I, so, I mean, what is the where does the fun come from? Is there is it humorous? Is it? it I mean, you can't tell me I, that I all you're doing is stamping humorous, all day. I would call it appropriately atmospheric. Okay. The, I think that's what the fun is, you know, and 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 it's this idea of like, can I actually beat this or like, I you know, I I mean, it's like. It's like the reason I like Cthulhu games. I'm like, oh, can I watch my friends descend into madness? And would that be <laughs> awesome? You know? Yeah, it actually would be. Okay. <laughs> okay, Trevor. Um, so the next one I'm going to talk about um, is, uh, it was, I believe it was on A&E. It's a TV series. It's called Into the Badlands. And I've, I've always wondered about this. I'm glad you're talking about it. Okay, lay it on us. Okay, so Into the Badlands is a, I'm going to call it a, a rebuilding society post-apocalyptic. So there was an apocalypse way in the past, and a new society is built up around it. And, and really it's based on warlords who um, have a, there's not necessarily a centralized government per se, other than the warlords are all part of a, um, a council. But really... Okay. They they run their particular um, fiefdom uh, with autonomy. So it's not not really. But they you know if there's something that happens that crosses across uh, you know warlord borders, then they get involved. But truthfully, most of the time the warlords don't get along and they have fights. Um, the the warlords have um, a series of they they have I mean. Their their peasants are really slaves. Um, I mean, they they work. It feels very much like medieval Europe. The, the the peasants do the work in the fields, and they have the equivalent of knights that watch over them. Um, the they're called clippers. The the knights. Um, the clippers have um, the 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 form that the, the uh, knighthood takes on is is sort of kung fu. Okay. So um, all of these clippers, they use, you know, weapons and other things, but it's all very Kung Fu based. Um, and, and basically the story is centralized upon um, the main character's name is Sonny. He's a, um, he's a, the, one of the deadliest clippers. Okay. So one of the deadliest knights in the world. And he, um, they're, they're, they find out that some people have special powers and I, I'm afraid I don't want to get into too much. Cause I'm afraid this is one of those things that, that not a lot of people have actually consumed. Um, and so I don't want to, you don't want to spoil spoilers. It. Okay. Yeah. But, but basically the, the, the first season starts with introduction to Sonny, who is one of the, the deadliest assassins, Clippers, um, Knights, whatever you want to call them. I mean, they're called Clippers in the show um, for a particular warlord. And um, the story progresses from there uh, because he has he kind of leads two lives, one of a, a secret life. Um, and uh, and they, they find a boy who has special powers um, and they try to train him, turn him into a clipper, etc. And, and the show just progresses from there. But um, I, I I'll be honest, I haven't seen all the seasons. Um, just how many are there? I believe there are three currently. Um, I don't, it may have even been canceled, but there, there, I've seen, um, all of season one and sections of season two. I've not seen all of season two. Um, season three looks like, um, yeah, it was like three seasons. 28, 20, 2018, 2019. 
Um, so I, I don't know if it's still going. Um, looks like it says here that AMC can't AMC, not A and E um, AMC canceled the show after three seasons, but I will say that the first season at least is worth consuming. And um, I, I, it's hard for me to say much about season two because I haven't completed it. Um, but it's just, if you enjoy uh, martial arts at all, if you like um, the idea of a dystopian universe that feels very much like a, it's a futuristic land and they've got all these kind of things that were from the past, much like, um, you know, 40K or uh, Battletech, where, you know, the old tech is revered as being special because it cannot be recreated sort of things. Um, but if it feels that it is somewhat difficult in that the, the fiefdoms also feel somewhat like um, 18th century South. Um, in fact, the, the main warlord speaks in kind of a Southern accent. So, I mean, if you're sensitive to those sorts of things, um, it may not be for you either. Um, so, but it, it is about, you know, breaking out of that, um, overcoming oppression. But anyway, I, I enjoy it quite a bit and it's, it did make my top five. It's not that good, but it is, it is good enough that if you're interested in the things I've talked about, you should watch it. Um, I don't know if I, it's one of those shows that's, that's, you know, probably TVMA. There's a lot of blood, um, very violent. So just caution if that's fire beware. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So. I'm I'm just gonna be the captain obvious of, <laughs> of my selections. Yeah, I mean, so whatever. Uh, and I'm I'm actually a, I guess a little surprised that this wasn't on Trevor's top five list. Um, Don't worry, it'll be one he forgot about again. <laughs> uh, he probably remembered it. It's it really it's just that there's there's so many that um, that he loves so uh, and and i love this too but i'm assuming that, and it's it's i think it's a movie that surprised a lot of people and it's i think it's really well done and kind of a cult classic at this point um but that is the most recent judge dread movie um i i went into this with no expectations i don't care about judge dread and it just they just did a really good job with with the movie so that was Something that I guess kind of surprised me with it. It's, it's a travesty that um, this movie isn't getting a sequel. Um, Did it just not get enough? Um... Oh, it was a massive, massive flop in the theater. Okay, okay. And and I I don't know why. Um, maybe the poor marketing. Um, I I have to believe that um, there was enough people who saw the um, '90s Judge Dredd movie with Sylvester Stallone that were just were like. Oh, why would they want to remake this and had no ties to the original source material and just had no clue how big of a mistake that movie was, which is comic books, right? That's the original source material. Yeah. It's a comic I mean, book called 2000 AD. That's that um, talks about uh, mega city one and judge dread and, and all uh, it talks about other judges too, but obviously judge dread is the, is the central character. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't like, you know, like how Conan was a series of novels before it was comics and that kind of thing. Um, as far as I'm aware, no, it was it's always been a comic. And, and truthfully, um, part of the issue with the comic is that it does have a, a hefty amount of satire because it's, it's supposed to be satirical of 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 dystopia, of what we live in every day. But it's it's this overdone uh, satirical dystopian world that sort of points out our own <laughs> dystopia that we live in every day. And, and I think the first movie in the nineties probably took that to an extreme to the point where it's, it didn't make any sense. And the new movie, the one that, that Jay's talking about dread is um, it, it takes the grittier parts of the world and turns it into more realistic things, sort of like what the MCU has done. Mm. And it did a fantastic job of it, but I think that people just had these preconceived notions of what, of what it might be and they just, no one just no one ever went and watched it so it's kind of become one of those things where if you haven't seen it you don't even know that it exists i guess and uh, it's just, it's an amazing film it is on my list it's on this group it just didn't make it in the top five for whatever reason sure yeah but i i've i and i guess the other thing is i've not on on grading geekery but in the past we've talked about these sorts of things i, I recommended it there so I want to rehash, but uh, Captain Obvious is correct. It is fantastic. 
<laughs> okay, uh, Josh. Uh, okay, so I'm back to a video game again, which is also a board game now. I cannot speak to the board game. Uh, I've I have been not interested. played. I've, I've wanted to play the board game. Okay, okay. Wow, so you already guessed. Look at you. Uh, let, let, me, let me see. Is it this war of mine? It is, yes. Okay. It is, absolutely. So I played it in its iPad form. My understanding of the game, so this, it was released in 2014. My understanding of the game is that the developers were actually survivors of, um, uh, I, I, I apologize. I want to say that it was like the civil war in like Czechoslovakia, right? But it might have been Bur- uh, Bosnia, Serbia also. I mean, so they were survivors of a modern war, right? And, that informed a lot of the story that they told, the atmosphere that they put into this game. And it feels, in, to me, it felt incredibly raw and like a very um, sobering examination of war from the perspective of civilians caught in the middle, as it were, right? right. So in in this war of mine, um, you you play a civilian – uh, when the game starts, I think there's like four different people you can choose from. You know, they have different backgrounds, different skills, etc. And essentially what the game is, is uh, it's kind of a, it's almost like a point and click adventure in a way. Like you are, you know, through clicking and, and context clues, you are gathering resources, uh, you know, trying to repair this, you know, shelled ramshackle house that you are sheltering in and literally just trying to survive. And, you know, story beats will come along, opportunities to interact with other survivors will come along, you will go out and occasionally explore or, or raid areas to try to get some, some uh, supplies. And I mean, you know, supplies, we're talking about water, food, maybe some nuts and bolts that you might be able to, you know, upgrade your stove with. Uh, oh, I better go find some, you know, basic medicines because I, I'm sick all this, you know, I mean, it's like just these super grim, like real world issues that, that you end up dealing with. And, uh, the game is, is good. Like mechanically it's well put together. It, you know, there, there's no complaints there. It's, it's not, it's nothing like super over complicated. I mean, combat is not easy i don't recommend it in general and that's probably true to form right you know like you're better off to run away than you are to try to fight with you know the the group of thugs whose house you've decided to try to rob some sardines from you know that kind of thing uh anyway incredibly well done the atmosphere is super good i i don't know if i could play it now like i things have changed in my life from when I did play it where it would feel like uh, just so raw to me now. And, and, you know, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. I don't know, but very well done. This war of mine, I've heard excellent things about the board game. You said you've wanted to play the board game Jay. Did you play the video game at all? No, I haven't. Uh-uh. Hmm. So it would be interesting. Yeah. I mean, and I think the board game is kind of a co-op thing, but anyway, it has some incredible story beats. I mean, like, I'll just give you one as an example. Like you go to a house, it's, you know, boarded up, you break in, it's occupied by this elderly couple. Are you going to rob their medicine so that you and your fellow survivors can carry on? Or, you know, are you not a monster? I mean, that's the, (laughs) that's the kind of stuff you have to deal with. And it's really good. Um, Is it, do you build a character of any kind or you just, playing a a a you're playing yourself uh you don't build the character i mean you choose from essentially pre-generated characters i would say there's not so much character development as there is um uh community development right because you have an opportunity to like add other survivors to your house right Mm. like to welcome them into your house i mean one of the characters you can play if i remember right is a kid like you know like a nine-year-old kid so you're really good at sneaking, but you're not very good at a lot of other stuff, you know, like things like that. So, no, I mean, it, it very much you're very much playing a human. I mean, you you have all of the frailty of, of any human. And um, yeah, 
so I, I, I'm sort of surprised that I haven't played this on iPad. So it's, I just looked it up. It's $15 currently on iPad, uh, which is sort of an expensive app. Yeah, um, I, I mean, really, that's not a bad obviously price. right. Obviously, I'm biased, but to me, that's a steal. It's twenty dollars on Steam right now. If you bought the complete edition, which has all the expansions and DLC, it's twenty seven dollars. Yeah, there's uh, there's there's expansions and DLC for the iOS one that I can't see because they're inside the app. Um, yeah. So uh, to just to clarify, um, according to Wikipedia. Um, it's based on the Bosnian civilians during the siege of Sarajevo. So you, you're one of your two guesses was correct. Okay. Go me. Okay. <laughs> um, Trevor. Is it my turn? It is. It is. All right. So the, um, the one I'm going to recommend, and I'm sure this, I, you know, it's funny to me because every time I think, oh, probably everyone in earshot has already seen this. Um, but then, it always surprises me how many people have not seen these sorts of things, but I'm guessing a large number of people have at least seen this. So the movie I'm going to recommend is called Equilibrium. And uh, we talked about it on the um, episode for Cyberpunk, I believe. Is this um, the gun kata or gun foo movie? Yes, it is. But I okay, want to, okay. I want to, I want to emphasize that um, I had never read um, Huxley's A Brave New World, uh, but when Josh or Jay, excuse me, last time we talked about these things when jay started describing it he talked about the the drug soma which makes everyone not feel anything um and i realized that equilibrium was basically a brave new world um with gung fu in it interesting okay so the 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 premise is that everybody is given that that everybody's given drugs and the uh police who um who sort of manage the emotion crimes um, and make sure that people are taking their drugs um, are taught uh, gun kata or gun gun fu, <laughs> where they um, are able to. If you're well practiced in it, the opening scene is um, um, Batman. I can't think of his name. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Christian, yeah, Christian Bale goes into a an area of a bunch of people who basically amassed art and books and other things that they've tried to save from society um, and have refused to take their drugs. And they've got guns and other things they're not supposed to have. Um, he goes in and basically is in a firefight with him versus about 30 people. And he, he with his gun, gun foo, wins, uh, kills them all. Um, and I don't want to get into too much detail, spoilers, et cetera, et cetera. But he stops taking his drugs. Um, and the reason he does so is because of a puppy. <laughs> you know, so John Wick long before John Wick ever came out. John Wick on Soma, gotcha. <laughs> right, and um, and so there's a sort of some things that play out when um he tries to bring down the system, uh, because of his realization after he stops taking the drug of what's going on. So anyway, it, it just it is clearly um stealing ideas from other dystopian um worlds and ideas before it but adding in um a very beautiful cinematography and choreography of how um this gun gun foo would take place like what mo- a modern martial art might look like that uses modern weapons i maintain um, that you doesn't... can't have a good dystopia without theft for the record <laughs> <sighs> okay so, so this if you haven't seen it take a few minutes go watch it you may or may not enjoy it <laughs> It's a resounding recommend. <laughs> I, I, I find that, well, the thing is, is, is I think that mm, it feels like most people have one or two reactions to it. They either think that it's incredibly cheesy or they think it's incredibly powerful. They really enjoy it. They think it's got a great message. And, and then there's, it's just, it doesn't feel like there's people who are like, yeah, it was all right. You know, they either no love it or they, yeah, they love it or hate it. Yeah. I, I was kind of in between. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so the last one for this discussion, uh, I will continue the Captain Obvious uh, discussion, and I'm I'm actually curious um, to see if you guys have read slash watched this, but um, I'm, I'm curious what your guys' opinions are on The Handmaiden's Tale. I have read it, I have not watched it, 
Um, I basically didn't sleep for a month after I read it. <laughs> uh, it's interesting to me how many things you guys mentioned that I have not consumed. I have neither read it nor watched it. So people like people who are like uh, critics who are making their you know dystopian list or whatever uh, obviously Handmaid's Tale would be on like their top five. Um, right. And 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 it also definitely falls in into the category of of performing social commentary while uh doing this um and it it is very well done it's very dark uh, basically uh it's it's a dystopia where uh, there's reproductive issues and women are basically the the property of men and there's basically a theocracy and um and the the TV series is is also really well done. Um, the the first season maybe a little bit more so than some of the following seasons, um, but I would uh, definitely recommend checking those out if you haven't. It was uh, kind of the I remember when it came out. It was one of the um, it was some original programming that was done by Hulu that was um, kind of. I remember there were a lot of people who were like, oh, I'm actually, I need to consider getting Hulu now because this is, you know, such a, a good TV show. So, um, Would you, for someone like me who has not consumed either, would you say I should consume one over the other if I would only had time for one? <sighs> um, I feel like you would consume the show faster than the book, but I don't, I don't know yes, that Yes, that's definitely sure. true. The long book? No, uh, I mean not overly long. Just you know, because I mean, I'm, you have a huge reading list. I mean, basically, I don't want to interrupt any of the stuff that I actually want you to read. <laughs> but I mean, if the show is thirteen, <laughs> I mean, you get thirteen episodes and they're an hour long. I mean, that's that's you can read a pretty lengthy book in thirteen hours. I mean, if, so the the book reading the book to me kind it, it kind of feels like it, it feels like you're reading an AP English book that is, Ooh. you're like, wow, this is, this is a, my daughter actually had to read it for AP English this year, which is fun. Yeah. Right. Right. So I, mean, you're reading it and you feel like, wow, this is, this is well-written. This is covering important topics. Um, but it's not something that you're reading because like, wow, this is a really enjoyable experience <laughs> okay. reading this book. You, you have convinced me not to read the book. I mean, I, am I, have, have I, have I, has my description been wrong in any aspect on that? Josh? I don't think so. I mean, I don't actually remember why I read the book and I know I read it. Like, you know, there are some books like, for example, especially like business books that I'll pick up and I'll be like, well, why are you pretending like you like this genre or that you will actually read this at any, you know, appreciable pace? Whereas then I go back to sci-fi or fantasy and I'm like, oh yes, I do like to read. Right. So Handmaid's Tale did not make me feel like a business book. Like I, I enjoyed the read because I, I think because I appreciated the writing quite a lot. I mean, the, right. the, uh, the author is clearly an accomplished uh, writer, right? Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're right, Jay, in what you're saying in terms of like it's just very heavy, and, yeah, and I don't know the show. Yeah, see, I I appreciate what people do for for literature and other things. Um, I appreciate 1984 and books like them, um, but they're not fun to read. They don't provide entertainment. They they feel like more like social commentary, and they're really long social commentary. Like, give me the the five minute business news article about it over the you know 15 hours of reading book cautionary tale version of it. Right. Right. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure the reason why I ended up reading it was because like occasionally I'll read like lists of the top 50 most important science fiction or fantasy novels or stuff like that. Right. And written by English professors all over the world. <laughs> there's there's uh, I'm saying the, the lists are they some of the books they pick. I'm like, no, most yeah, usually, it's, it's important, but I don't care about it. Usually the, the lists I read are ones that are on like Tor.com or. You know, etc. But um, and actually, usually the reason why I come across them is uh, because like Scalzi will retweet that or comment that you know how nice it feels to have his books on this list or stuff like that. So 
Yeah, well, if he would like to write, you know, The Handmaiden's Tale, I'll read that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be interesting. Because I appreciate that there'll be some dark humor in it at some point. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, any final thoughts on uh, this topic before we sign up? That out? was the only leftovers we got to, huh? That's it. We're, we're at time. <laughs> Dang it. Okay, fine. I'm not going to talk long about it, but my the, my the top of my leftovers list was Fallout, the video game. Uh, because I cut my teeth on the original isometric one, and then I just nostalgia carried me through all the rest of it. I have so many on my leftover list, but I just want to mention Robocop for briefly because I think that um, its cultural impact is sort of was not recognized very well when it came out, and it's still like. I still think it's really impactful to this day that the message that it says, and it does it in a, in a dark comedic manner, which I think is a great way to get people who don't care about the underlying message to still enjoy it, but it still doesn't let up on the underlying message. Anyway, I, I still think RoboCop holds up today, which is not common for a movie of its era. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening and uh, sign up on Patreon to hear uh, the original top fives that we we had on dystopian stories. Yes, and then join us on the Discord to share opinions on dystopias. 